Welcome to Inside Flicks. This is a movie and TV discussion podcast created by three brothers. My name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with my two brothers, Richard and Raymond. And what we do, we get together on a weekly basis to talk about the movies and television shows that we watched this past week. In this episode, we're going to uh, continue our review on WandaVision. We're also going to review the new Kristen Wiig comedy. But we like to start things off with a little news, a big kind of unexpected news about the Flash movie. Uh, we have a new Supergirl. Supergirl has been cast for the upcoming Flash standalone movie, which will star Ezra Miller. Argentine filmmaker Andy Muschietti, or is it Muschietti? Is it Muschietti or Muschietti? I heard Muschietti before. I don't know. I, I've heard all three. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the one who directed It, Chapter 1 and 2. Uh, he's directing this film, and he just just a couple of days ago, he announced his pick to the world over Instagram. So who will be playing the iconic superhero character, Supergirl, who in the comic books is the cousin of Superman? Well, it's a newcomer named Sasha Calais, and she is the first Latin actress to play Supergirl in the DCU. She is a Boston-born Colombian actress who last year received a Daytime Emmy nomination for her role in the soap opera, The Young and the Restless. Uh, what's your thoughts? Raymond, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, um, I remember actually um, waking up and seeing online a post from DC, and uh, it was about the Flash movie, and, um, and Andy Muschietti's uh, face was there. <laughs> and um, I... I <laughs> I was gonna click it, but I was like, you know what? I, I don't, I don't, I don't really care about news right now. Um, and then I went to go take a shower or whatever. <laughs> just ignored it. So some hours went by, some hours went by, and then I just saw a headline um, about about the about the casting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, hours later, and um, I I was just shocked. I mean, I didn't know is is this like real news or is 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 this like some type of like fan, fake fan rumor yeah. that's going yeah. around? Yeah, and uh, and then it, it took me back to that to that uh, video <laughs> that I saw in the morning. I was like, oh, it's it's from that flash announcement. Okay, and then I I clicked the video. I played the video, and um, you know, you 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 they they. They captured like uh, uh, I guess from the Zoom audition, like the the moment that you know she she got the news that right. she was cast. Yeah. And seeing that, I mean, it instantly just made me so happy for her. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I I hope she pulls it off. Um, I I'm excited for this movie. Um, was it strange that you that that Supergirl is going to be involved in the Flash movie? Well, that's the part that kind of disappoints me a little bit. I was going to get to that. Um, like, it feels like like a little bit of a a kappa maybe because is this just going to be like one of those like like one of the alternate universes Flash enters in the movie and like this is just like one scene and and then that's it or is this actually like a permanent thing moving forward? Yeah, that's the thing. I I that's the thoughts I had. I. I Obviously, I thought maybe this was just going to be a small role, but then maybe you know if they're going to announce it this way, maybe it's a, maybe she yeah. does play a bigger part in the, in this whole movie. Yeah, but then it, again, is she part of the DCU universe or she's from this other alternative universe? Because I guess the Flash standalone movie. Yeah, is going I know to be, that's that's the weird thing, right? Well, the Flash standalone movie is about Flash going back in time and changing up the times, the timeline, the timeline, and. We're gonna have different uh, alternate universes and stuff like that. Rich, what's your what's your thoughts on on the Supergirl, this new Supergirl? 
Well, uh, it's Andy Muschietti and his choice, and it's it seems like it, uh, this is the the way that DC's going with anyway. They're going with their more international feel. Uh, I mean, ever since you know Gal Gadot got picked for Wonder Woman, mm -hmm. I mean, she, yeah, so hopefully uh, it, it works out just as well uh, for DC, and uh, hopefully she she knocks it out of the park, and then hopefully she'll get a, 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 an all uh, movie to herself. Yeah, you think so? Um, yeah, with Henry Cavill. Hey, you never know because and yeah, um, this is a big deal for her, and if she mm -hmm. could, if she's able to pull this off, she has like a big career ahead of her. So yeah. You know, hopefully she pulls it off. Uh, let's get to the next big story of the of the past week. Is that J.J. Uh, Abrams has, of course, has already signed his exclusive deal with HBO Max. And now we're learning a little bit more details about it. Apparently, J.J. Abrams production company, Bad Robot, is in the works of, of starting uh, a new series about Constantine. This is a DC character who is a British supernatural investigator who's also, I guess, an exorcist who specializes in the dark dark arts uh this makes a lot of sense because there was talks about how jj was supposedly setting up a, a justice league dark universe for hbo max uh raymond what's your thoughts on on this this big news about constantine coming back with a new series uh yeah i mean i think it's pretty cool i mean i'm I, i'm curious if they're gonna bring over uh Matt Ryan, or it'll just like be complete new reboot, or if uh, same for Swamp Thing, if they'll because Swamp Thing was like, yeah, I mean, I mean, they did a, a whole season origin. I mean, I, I feel like that that could carry over very easily, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe JJ would want to um, start fresh and maybe ruin it. I think he is. <laughs> I think he is starting fresh. I think Matt Ryan, who who starred in the short-lived NBC series. And is currently uh, guest starring in the Arrowverse. You know, he's he voiced Constantine in a couple of DC animated movies. I think they're really going a different direction and starting a new, probably a different British actor. Uh, Rich, what's your what's Not your Keanu? <laughs> no, no, that was the main. I think that was the main cri uh, criticism of the of the Keanu Constantine was that he was an American in mm -hmm. the comic books. He's known for being a very british or londoner uh rich what's your thoughts on on uh constantine the, the this new series for hbo max uh yeah i mean it's a it's another uh notch on the belt for jj i mean this is just another i mean he, he's done success with tv with uh, uh west world of course and mm -hmm. uh castle rock and also uh, just recently lovecraft country which i hear is really good and oh, it's got to right, be yeah. like the, the same vein so i mean if they could keep it in the dark you know you know witchy kind of you know <laughs> demony kind of thing that, that sounds like you know uh he'll be able to pull it off uh, mm -hmm. just as long as he doesn't have you know akiva goldsman or whatever you know <laughs> is uh or not mm -hmm. akiva goldsman or whatever the uh the clarice guy whatever what was his name um kurtzman uh, yeah, Alex Kurtzman's kind of, you know, the Star Trek guy's back. I mean, no, they, I, they're totally Yeah, different. those guys are gone. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, I mean, JJ has made HBO his new home, or at least the Bad Robots' new home. And, you know, of course, a part of this deal, uh, Bad Robots working on a new HBO Max series called Overlook, which is the, a Stephen King inspired uh, series uh, based on The Shining. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Based on The Shining, and that, uh, supposedly that's going to be set in the 
Overlook Hotel. And there's another one, uh, just just they just greenlit, uh, Subject to Change. This is a, another mystery thriller about a college student who signs up for a clinical trial that turns out to be a reality-bending experience. So if you are a fan of J.J. Abrams or you're a fan of <laughs> Bad Robot, I think you have to sign up for HBO Max because uh, that is his new home base. Um, yeah, I'm just not a fan of anything J.J. does that begins with Star. <laughs> star what? What do you mean? Star Wars and Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, so let's get to our next uh, big topic. It's uh, Danny Elfman, famed film composer, has confirmed that he is reuniting with director Sam Raimi for the upcoming Marvel sequel, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. This will be his first time uh, working with Raimi since The Oz of the Great and Powerful, which is also Sam Raimi's last <laughs> film he directed. Well, big budget, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, he directed a couple TV shows since then. Yeah. But um, yeah, what's your thoughts? Uh, Raymond, let's start with you. Uh, I, yeah, I think, this is, I think this is great news. Um, it, it, act, it just makes me start to think that they're probably going to bring back that uh, classic Spider-Man theme song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because da- Elfman, Elfman has worked on Spider-Man 1 and 2. And 3? But no, no. Famously, he had a falling out and didn't oh, do Spider-Man right. 3. And uh, really? yeah, because uh, remember, they were hated each other. Uh, he, uh, Elfman said working on Spider-Man 2 was like the worst experience of his life. <laughs> and then like, like Raimi was a totally different person and like... He just hated the guy, but then they they made up, and he came back for Oz the Great and Powerful, and I I guess they're still friends now. It just was a bad, it was really a bad moment in their friendship, I guess. But okay. uh, so it's 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 so when I heard that he has confirmed it, he like this, he said this in an interview that yeah he's working on Sam, with Sam again. You know that makes me smile because they are a great team. All right, let's get to our next topic. This is about Jackass Four movie. Raymond wanted to talk about this. Bam Margera. Uh, who's like you know i guess a skateboard celebrity stunt performer he is he has said that he is no longer part of the jackass 4 movie uh, during a meltdown in a social media video uh, bam claims to have been fired from the film and this is due to the fact that the producers wanted him to seek treatment and get some help in the video he looks pretty bad uh, apparently he has been struggling with issues for many years and from the looks of things, it's have gotten worse. And, you know, he has admitted that he's an addict. Uh, he also has said that he is a manic bipolar. And um, he also called for a boycott of this movie. So, uh, Raymond, are you going to boycott Jackass 4? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> but but I also don't I don't see the point of them making the movie if, if Bam's not going to oh, participate. Oh, wow. Really? You think he's yeah. a major part of the of the of the Jackass universe? No, but I just feel like they already lost Ryan Dunn, and if Bam's still alive and they can't get him to participate, then it's just like, what's the point? I, I, that's that that doesn't feel true to the like the Jackass to the Jackass crew. They I don't think they would they would do that without him. I don't think they would have agreed to do the movie if he was in it, if he wasn't in it. Um, so I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, a tricky situation. Did you, see, um, did you see that video though, where he's talking about it? No. Oh, it's horrible. No. It's horrible. I mean, he is vomiting at one point or like drive, drive heaving at one point. I mean, he, he looks in bad I, shape. I, I read, I read about it. Yeah. He's in bad shape and, and it's a. Yeah. That, and that, and that was the thing that got me happy about the Jackass movie was that he was, you know, he was getting help and that he was. Uh, you know, I thought this was going to be, you know, his Stevo moment because, you know, you know, Stevo famously like turned his life around and, yeah. 
uh, I thought that was going to happen here, and it's... Yeah, I mean, it's not looking good. Yeah, if you would have told me that uh, back then that Steve-O would be the, 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 the silver one, I'd be, are you crazy? <laughs> uh, because, yeah, he, like you said, he has turned himself around. He's been silver for a lot, for many years now. And, uh, yeah, you know, to me, Jackass 4 is such a novelty at, at this point. I don't know why they're doing it again. I mean... I, get, I know. I guess there. I know. It's true. It's true, man. But I, I guess there's maybe a fan base there, but I don't know if there people are dying to see this movie. Uh, there, there will always be a fan base for it. I think. I just don't. Uh, I don't. At at this point, I don't. I don't know why. They're, I don't really know why they're. Well, I guess obviously they're obviously doing it for money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could see this like do a reunion. You ever you ever seen the Fresh Prince reunion on HBO Max? Yeah, that was fantastic. I thought that That's was, yeah. probably that would probably be the route to go. It's just because yeah. they're old, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. But I think there will always be an audience for it. I mean, look at how much money that uh, Bad Grandpa did with uh, Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, that's true. That made like a hundred million dollars, right? And that cost like what five million, <laughs> if that. And this was and this was going to bring all you know all of the guys back together. That was just Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, I never saw three. Oh, three was great. Steve was sober. <laughs> I didn't. I think I saw two. Like I haven't really kept up with this franchise or whatever you want to call it. But, but uh, uh, obviously, I saw the first one. I thought it was hilarious. I I used to love Jackass when it came out, and I would say this: if it wasn't for Jackass, or I would say who's the unsung hero of Jackass is Chris Pontius, <laughs> when he's doing Party Boy bits. It's the most <laughs> hilarious thing ever, and I think if that didn't, if the Jackass and the, especially the Party Boy bits, you do, you don't have a Sasha Baron Cohen, you you don't have yeah. you know it's it's you see the evolution of, of that type of comedy and it's Jackass, it's Howard Stern, it's Jackass, and then it's Sasha Baron Cohen, you know, <laughs> no Tom Green, <laughs> uh, Tom Green's is somewhere like uh, maybe on a you know, a different plane or something, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 that that's you know. And you know everyone loves Sasha Baron Cohen. He's mainstream now. I mean, Sa- Sasha Sasha Baron Cohen's probably going to get an Oscar nominated. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, I, uh, yeah. So I, I, I have, I still have respect for Jackass. I just, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm going to watch four. Rich, are you going to watch Jackass four? Not unless they bring back Don Vito. <laughs> I don't think they can. <laughs> so you have no, you have any interest in this movie, Jackass? Not at all. all right. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. All right, let's get into another really big topic that came out last uh, last week is that uh, Jesse Plemons, who uh, we just saw in uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, he's going to once again play an FBI agent, and he's go- he has been tapped to star in the Martin Scorsese's new film for Apple Studios. Uh, this is a film that will also star Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, and it's based on a, a book called Killers of the Flower Moon. And this is uh, about the tragic but true story of the brutal murders targeting the Osage Nation in 1920s Oklahoma. Uh, you heard? Did anyone heard about this story? The killers? No, of but it, but if I'm not mistaken, isn't this a movie Martin Scorsese has been talking about for a long time? Is yeah. is this one of his like uh, passion projects? Like he, one of his dozen passion projects that he has? I don't know, but I I, I heard about the book a couple years ago. And it's an interesting, a really inter- interesting story, and also a very tragic and dark story. It's a, it's a, it's a very dark moment in American history, where the uh, when when was this? This is 1920s in, o- in uh, Oklahoma, oh, okay. 
And it's about the Osage Nation, which is a, a Native American tribe that had like about 200,000 or 2,000 members at the time. And they were kind of pushed off their land and they were forced to migrate to Oklahoma. And they found this piece of dirt land that like no one wanted. And it, it was filled with rocks and nothing could grow on it. You know, it was like this horrible land, right? But they thought, well, the white people will finally leave us alone. Mm. Like, so they said, this is it. This is our new home. We're going to purchase this. And so they purchased, purchased this land in Oklahoma. And little did they know, the land had one of the biggest oil deposits in America. And like overnight, everyone in the tribe got ultra rich. It's like James Dean in, in Giant. You know, they just struck it rich, right? And so they bought mansions and they, everyone bought houses and everyone had servants mm. and like white servants. And of, <laughs> and of course, this pissed off all the rich white ranchers that surrounded their territory. And these guys were immensely jealous. They were angry. They were envious. And so what did they do? They started to systematically kill off members of the Osage tribe. And so bodies of Native Americans were found in ditches. Houses were fire, uh, firebombed. And it got to a point where the FBI had to investigate the murders. And uh, that's where uh, 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 Jesse Plemons comes in. He plays the lead FBI agent who is investigating these murders. And Leonardo, Is there a documentary on this? It's, it's, it's just based on the book by David Gran. Oh, oh okay. Who, but uh, I'm sure there's some kind oh, of— I would love to watch a documentary mm -hmm. on this, like before, before watching a movie. Uh, maybe there's some YouTube videos about it, uh, but um, yeah. So Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro are playing some of the white ranchers, and there's a Native American actress named Lily Gladstone who's playing DiCaprio's wife, uh, Molly Burkhart, who is, uh, I guess, a major part of the of the story, because she's a Native American woman whose family is killed off one by one. I remember that story. I remember when the guy. I remember that when the author was promoting the book. Did not know that Martin Scorsese was developing this into a movie, and it's going to be on Apple TV exclusively. So this is a big mm. deal for that, you know, that company for for Apple. Uh, is this going to have a theatrical release also included with it? Because is that one of his? Because I mean, I can't imagine Martin Scorsese just putting the movie straight to Apple Plus. That, that, well, that I, sounds crazy. <laughs> Apple is also distributing Cherry, and I think Cherry. Yeah, but Sherry is their their first kind of big uh, movie projects, and uh, how much they overpay for that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but that's going into theaters first before it comes out. Like I think a month later, it's going to come out uh, in uh, on Apple TV, and I'm sure it's the same deal here with uh, with uh, the the Killers of the Flyer Moon. So hey, you, you never know. I mean, this this is barely getting into production anyway. So no, no, no. Uh, I mean, people are cast. I mean, and it's got Leonardo DiCaprio. It's 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 in the. Oh, I know. It, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen, but. No, no one Scorsese. This is going to be another two two years plus before it, before know. it's done. I don't know if it's going to be another kind of long production. Who knows? Who knows? I, I, maybe you're right. Maybe it's going to come out next year. You know, I'm I'm guessing it'll be next year. Yeah, I'm not sure if they had a release date, but um, the, you know, they'll probably release it um um just Oscar season next year, right? Yeah, that I mean, would make sense. Yeah. yeah, that would make sense. But anyway, it's it's written by Eric Roth, which is uh, um. He's a brilliant uh, writer, and hopefully it's good. I mean, he's that sounds that sounds like just the, the Oscars are a lock. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, and you got Robert De Niro playing like a like an angry guy. Really? Like, oh, I, I, so he's 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 bringing all his all his boys together for <laughs> and supporting roles. Yeah, yeah. yeah With yeah. Jesse Plemons as the lead. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, this is this is awesome. Who? I wonder who else. I mean, they're still casting the thing. There's going to be a lot more announcements. I want to see what the what the Native American uh, cast look, will look like, but. All right, so uh, let's get into headlines just really quick. Uh, we got a whole bunch of headlines. Uh, Baby Driver and Hot Fudge director Edgar Wright has signed a deal with Paramount Pictures to direct a new adaptation of Stephen King's dystopian novel, The Running Man. What do you guys think about this real quick? Well, I, I personally like it. I I, I've, I like all of um, Edgar Wright's movies. I, I didn't love Baby Driver as much as... Um, most people, mm-hmm. but I still enjoyed it. I thought it was enjoyable. Uh, the main reason I, I'm excited for this, though, is because uh, the original Running Man with uh, with Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. I always loved a lot the ideas and the concepts in that movie. But I, I, I really don't don't. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of that movie. I know that might be controversial really? to say. It's a, it's a, I know it's considered a, a Schwarzenegger classic. Yeah. I think it's just okay. I, I mean, to me, it's no Total Recall. It's no, <laughs> no, it's no Terminator. I mean, it's just, it's just okay. It's, it's, it's not bad, but it's fine. And I think the premise in that, the in that movie always deserved a better film. So I would love, uh, I would love Edgar Wright to do it, but he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been like maybe my top choice. But he's, I mean, I've liked everything he's done. So I mean, I hope he pulls it off. Yeah, and and to I think the real star of that original 1987 film was the late great Richard Dawson as Killian, <laughs> you know, because he was the the game show host and he was you know of course the host of Family Feud at the time, and he, I mean he was freaking great in in that part and he mm-hmm. you know yeah like you said it's not really the best sort uh Sorcerer's film because we got. Total Recall in a, in a couple of years after that film came out, we got Predator. I think the the year after, and so right. I, I but it's such a fun movie too because of what, what yeah. Dawson's what Richard Dawson is doing as he's just killing it. You know, I mean, it, it had that great scene where Arnold was saying, "I'll be back," which was which is I think one of the first times he was throw, he was doing a, a callback to you know the uh, the Terminator film. Because now, now he does it, and he does it. And he, like if he's walking down the street, he goes, "I'll be back," you know. But and, and that was like the first time he said it in a movie, and Richard Dawson killed it with his comeback, only in the rerun, <laughs> you know. So uh, that that's what I that's why I like that movie a lot. Uh, but yeah, it's ter- certainly all you know. I could see someone coming re- coming in and remaking that movie, and if Edgar updating it, yeah, if Edgar Wright wants to do it, uh, yeah, it could be a really cool thing. It, I guess the scary thought about the, all of this is we did get the like the Total Recall remake, which was uh, atrocious. Oh yeah, yeah. You remember that? <laughs> did you guys ever watch that? <laughs> no, I never. I never checked it out. Oh yeah. man. Oh, you guys are lucky. Don't watch. <laughs> Rich, what's your thought? What's your thoughts on uh, this this Running Man uh, reboot or remake or whatever you want to call it? Sure, it's a it's a simple concept. I mean, it's just a sci-fi movie of a chase. It's a big chase movie. So, uh, let him do what he wants. I mean, it's, it's. Did you like Baby Driver? It was okay. It was just okay. okay. I mean, it, it has some good elements in it, but overall, it wasn't it wasn't his best. All right, let's get to the next headline. The Raid director. Gareth Evans has signed a multi-film deal with Netflix. The first film under the deal is a new action crime thriller called Havoc, in which Tom Hardy is attached to star. Uh, Rich, what's your thoughts? No, I mean, uh, Tom Hardy, and uh, this is 
you know, I was really impressed by um, uh, Gangs of London. Yeah. And uh, episode five of Gangs of London probably is the best action film. I mean, it's probably, what, an hour long, but it's, it's the best action thing I ever saw in the last, what, 10 years. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> yeah, in a decade. I mean, it's, it was tremendous, that episode. And he's it's the one he directed. And it, and and apparently this film is going to be a very similar in the sense that this is going to be a, a, a detective who must, you know, fight through the criminal underworld to rescue a politician's son. Yeah. And uh, I guess Tom Hardy is going to be that detective. I, I'm assuming it's going to be set in London or some uh, England or some place. Um, so and it's, he's in, he's working with Netflix. They, he has a big budget here or at least a, a bigger budget than some of his earlier work. And so I'm I actually personally, I'm really excited about this. Uh, Raymond, what's your thoughts on the, the, the Evans new um, new film? I didn't see Gains, Gains of London. Uh, hearing you guys talking about it makes me want to check it out, though. But um, I, I did see The Raid and The Raid 2. Right. And I love those movies. I think uh, they're, you know, two of the best action movies, honestly, ever made. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, just to see him do any, just to see him do another movie. And he also did Apostle, that horror movie for Netflix. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I never saw that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to our next uh, headline. Um, Ari Aster. Richard, this is your favorite director, I think, right? No, he's yours. <laughs> no. It's actually mine. Yeah, it's, it's Raymond's. Uh, and Scorsese's. Uh, this is, uh, of course, the writer-director of Midsummer and Hereditary. Uh, he's again working with 824 Films, and he is expected to uh, be working on his third feature, Disappointment Boulevard. And it's going to star Oscar winner Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, what's your guys' thoughts on this? This is. Uh, are you excited for this, Raymond? This is super exciting news for me. <laughs> I mean, you got one of my favorite filmmakers currently working and one of my favorite actors. I mean, come on, man. I mean, I can't wait for this. I, I think there's there's, a, there's actually, isn't there a premise out for the movie? Isn't this going to, well, it, it's the, not a horror film The plot, well, from, we my, from what I read. What we, we, yeah, we don't know. The plot's details are, are being kept under wraps, but the, it's been described as an intimate, decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. I don't know what that means. Is this a movie about <laughs> Jeff Bezos or is this a movie about, you know, Steve uh, uh, Steve Jobs or something? Or I don't know what that means. Is that a horror movie? Who knows? I mean, I, it, whatever it is. <laughs> Maybe it's a horror movie, right? <laughs> Who knows? I, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a big fan of Midsummer. I'm not a big fan of Hereditary. And uh, those are two of the best movies of recent memory. <laughs> Rich, are you excited about this? Is your... Uh, are you excited to see Joaquin Phoenix uh, working in a film like this? Uh, it's got to do something with the app because it's the dis dis app appointed Mint Boulevard. And, oh, you think uh, so? Dis app appointment? You think that's what it's, it is? It, it's a, it's an extra P in it. Oh, for okay. Some oh, so it's some kind of tech guru type of. Yeah. Thing. So I would think. I mean, unless I don't know. It's the next Silicon Valley. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, so maybe. Um, but either way, I'll, I'll probably be disappointed anyway. So it's a, 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 I don't know, (laughs) not excited and, uh, looking forward to skipping it. All right. So, uh, let's get to our next, uh, 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 headline, uh, Donald Glover. We just mentioned Donald Donald Glover the other day or the last week. He has left, uh, FX, which was his home uh, for Atlanta. 
and he has signed a multi-year deal with Amazon Studio. Uh, of course, this comes this news comes just days after the announcement of, of, of his involvement in the Amazon reboot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Apparently, his brother has also signed a deal with Amazon, and they're going to be developing shows together. Uh, Raymond, what's your thoughts on this one? Um, I mean, th- I'm sure this is great news for Donald Glover. Um, he's probably going to make a, a ton of money. Um, uh, I just can't imagine how angry, um, the online community is right now. Really? Um, I've been kind of, I've been, I've been trying uh, to avoid it because I, because they've just been so angry these past, oh. I don't know what it is, a year complaining, arguing, where is the new season of Atlanta? Where is the new season of Atlanta? And it's like, now, nah, the show's gone. <laughs> Well, I no think, more. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I mean, does he? He still has a deal with FX. I mean, that contract, right? Is he? Is it one? I don't know. I don't know. This is going to be the final season. I I, I would say so, right? I, unless there, unless that contract has, you know, the deadline is over. People wanted that show to go on forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think this is smart for Amazon because I mean because as so far Netflix has taken some of the, that um, spotlight. Uh, uh, Apple has been taking some of that spotlight, so Am- Amazon's coming hard. They're coming strong. They're saying, "No, no, no. We're still a very capable c- company. We have, we still have a big audience, and we have a, we could uh, provide a lo- a big audience to talent. And uh, don't forget about us. And I think signing up with uh, Donald Glover is a good, a good, a good deal. Speaking of big talent, Netflix has announced that they are working with uh, director Tim Burton. He is to make his television debut directing a new live-action Adams Family spinoff series called Wednesday. This is a eight-episode uh, series that will solely focus on the character Wednesday Adams. Uh, Rich, what's your thoughts about this? Uh, Tim Burton. I mean, it, it, he's doing a TV again, and uh, or uh, is this his first foray this, into this is TV? First, this? this is first TV. Okay, I mean, this is Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. So he'll give he'll get full reign on this one, and uh, this is his wheelhouse, you know, gothic chick. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, are you excited for this? I'm not. I'm interested because I'm not sure if they'll go the Sabrina route with Netflix. They might. You know, Sabrina. They might. That's, That's what I'm expecting. Yeah. It might. But, yeah. I mean. It, but I didn't watch that show either. I mean, did no, you guys ever watch it? No. It was, uh, it was huge for them. And uh, yeah, this, is this like, like a really young adult type of series, or is this kind of for older? That, yeah, older see, gu- that that's. It sounds like a, a, a like. Exactly like what Richard was saying, like the the Netflix Sabrina show, but I don't like. Would Tim Burton do that? Like that doesn't to me that doesn't seem like something Tim Burton would do. Well, I mean, this is gonna be like a Dark Shadows, like uh, his. Movie oh yeah, show. but also yeah, Dark Shadows also didn't seem like a thing Tim Burton would do. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I could see it like that. Well, we should I should mention that Smallville, Alfred Goff, and Miles Millar are the showrunners of the show. Oh, so, okay. so, yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it is. is. It is. Milk it. Yeah. So Tim Burton, <laughs> I think Tim Burton is really just is coming on uh, work on the style of the of the series, but so the, yeah, set the tone and the look, aesthetic, and all that. Well, hopefully it's like big eyes, but I doubt it. 
Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it too. <laughs> he's just yeah, he's just getting the paycheck then. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be like. I think this is maybe him testing the waters uh, at Netflix. Maybe this is Netflix trying to seduce him or lure him into the the, the company and like. So maybe this is him trying to tip dipping his toe into the Netflix uh, universe, you know. Or well, hopefully it's a throwback for him, a throwback for him, and it'll be more like Beetlejuice and um, Edward Scissorhands. So and yeah, we'll, we'll have to cool. wait and see. Let's get to our next topic. Mark Wahlberg is producing a new limited documentary series about the rise and fall of MoviePass. This is the subscription-based movie ticket app that just kind of notoriously failed. Like it burned hard, right? It was it was promising. No, no, it didn't fail right away. I mean, it, yeah, it, it was. Took, pro- it, it took quarantine to kill it. I mean, nah, no, that was before no. quarantine. Ooh, oh no! Wait, wait, wait! wait. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 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 No, but, this was a complete complete failure. They yeah. they they did not plan no, this thing I was thinking, at all. <laughs> I was thinking of AMC. Uh, AMC. Uh, oh oh, AMC movie stubs or whatever. Yeah or, yeah. Oh, yeah. their their pass. Yeah. Their yeah. A list or whatever. A list. That's what it's called. Right? Yeah. Raymond, did you have a movie? Did you have a movie pass? I did have a movie pass, and I took advantage of that thing so much. <laughs> it was awesome, man. I got to see so many movies for like basically free. And then, and then once they started to do their tricks, I got out. Oh, kind of like oh. the like the Robin Hood app. <laughs> no, so I got out. <laughs> so it was it like ten bucks a month. What was the the fee? Yeah, I think I think that's what it was. I don't remember at all actually, but okay. I think that's what it was. I think it was ten dollars a month, and you could watch all, all all the movies you want, right? Or was it just one a day? I don't remember. I don't remember, but, but yeah, I think it was one a day. I think it was one a day actually. So it was pretty much you get to watch whatever movie you wanted, and then one day uh, you could only watch Gotti. John Travolta's Gotti. Yeah, <laughs> I, was it was it with Gotti? Was that the movie they started to do things with? I, I think I think it was one, that's the first one, or or maybe no. I think they started. Or... I think they started to pull tricks before that. I think they started to pull tricks, like even with. Uh, I think when even like Justice League was in theaters, they were pulling tricks. What was it matinee? They were limit. Oh something? no, no Mission Impossible. I think was the first one they started to pull tricks with. They started to just like block it off so you couldn't see it. Yeah, mm. they were limiting. So you could. Yeah, they were yeah, exactly. They were limiting the movies. Yeah, you couldn't watch like first run movies. You only, only watch second run. I mean, because they were bleeding money. It was just a f- complete failure. I think that was. I mean, I don't know the whole story about it. Uh, maybe that's why we're getting this series. And maybe that's a, a, we should check out this documentary series. I don't know if it has found a home yet, but uh, they're producing it. Mark, well, Wahlberg's pr- production company is producing it. So it'll probably go to HBO, right? Probably, yeah, because he has a, a contract with them or a relationship with them. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, let's just, <laughs> let's end things on an upbeat. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's end headlines with a with a interesting story. It's the Brett Ratner is coming, making a comeback story. <laughs> Disgraced Hollywood director Brett Ratner is making a, is trying to make a comeback. He has developed a, a biopic about '90s pop duo Mini, Millie Vanilli, and if this happens, this will be Ratner's first feature directing job since 2004 or 2014, Hercules. And uh, <laughs> Brett Ratner, of course, one of Dwayne Johnson's worst. <laughs> Uh, Brett Reiner, of course, has been accused of sexual harassment and misconduct. Uh, uh, I think several women uh, have come out and said that he was a real asshole 
and really has done some horrible stuff to them sexually, abused them, or at least harassed. It was a harassment claim. And he did the Louis C.K. thing. He did the Louis C.K. thing. And it had because of this, uh, Warner Brothers cut all ties with him. And so now he's coming back with the Millie Vanilli biopic. I don't know if that's the right project, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's trying to get that off the ground. And, you know, what's cool, what's so sad about this is that the Millie Vanilli story is actually a really great story. I know that's what I want. That's what I was gonna say, man. I really want to see this movie, but like, why does he have to associate himself with it? Now it's probably never gonna get made. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him. Like, and now, be, just now, because now, even if he like he departs the project, whatever they drop him, he's associated with it. Yeah. So I, I feel like people are just gonna not even. It's not even gonna happen now. <laughs> like, what an asshole. He's still he's still messing things up. Rich, do you want to see Britt Reiner come back? Yeah, you like after the sunset, right? <laughs> Uh, girl, you know it's true. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a good good concept. <laughs> yeah, uh, Millie, but the, the Millie Vanilli yeah. story is one of the great like con jobs in music I history. Know, it, it could be a it could be a mini series. Yeah, it's one of the great. I mean, the, the it sto- might be a really good BT movie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I would I would love to see it as a at least a two part movie well, or a mini series. I mean, for the Brett Ratner would ruin it. I mean, maybe this is good news. That's not happening. <laughs> for those for those who don't know the Millie, Millie Vanilli story, there there were two black uh, German artists um, who had really big hits in the nineties. The, the girl you know is true. What was the other songs, Richard? Uh, Blame it on the rain. Blame it on the rain. Um, and they were so popular that they actually won Grammy Awards for like best new artists of that year. Mm-hmm. And then it came out that they were uh, lip singing the whole time. That the, the the whole album was not their work. It was someone. Yeah, every the, performance is. Yeah, and, they and they would tour around uh, around the United States or even around the world. Uh, with a tape recorder, <laughs> playing the tape recorder, and they would like do their act, and it was like one of the biggest con jobs ever. There's so much there to that you could like mine for a TV series, man. I mean, it's it this deserves more than the movie. <laughs> yeah, I could easily I could easily see like a Netflix series for this. I mean, they did Selena. <laughs> Why not do Millie Vanilli? <laughs> but uh, uh, this would be a great opportunity, maybe for uh, for for Apple for Apple to throw their money around or Amazon. Because Netflix is always getting getting all the big projects, but you gotta get rid of uh, Brett Ratner because he's just he's it's I don't think he's, I know, he's, he's not able to he won't be able to do that. As soon as he steps on that stage, there's gonna be headlines. There's gonna be people coming out. There's gonna be articles written about him, and he's just gonna just blow the production. It just I don't know, uh, you know. I do I I I do want to add something really quick. Um, I I do think you know certain people. Not Brett Ratner. I do think mm-hmm. certain people like de- deserve, you know, a second chance or come back. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the Brett Ratner situation is necessarily that situation because I don't think Brett Ratner really deserved to be making movies anymore for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it has really been downhill for him as a filmmaker, and um, like it really like all he did was Rush Hour, right? And I personally liked Red Dragon, but I know most people didn't like it, <laughs> and I. I don't know, man. I, I, I he he's just make he just makes pure crap. <laughs> he was known as like the company guy or like the the studio guy. Like he was just willing to just do whatever the studio wants. He's he was no, he didn't have no artistic talent to him. Like he wasn't an auteur. He didn't have. He was like a McG in a way. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he was worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, McG. Uh, oof. Mm-hmm. 
I do. I do like Family Man. Is that what, the Nicolas Cage movie? Yeah, the Wonderful Life one. Is it called Family Man? Yeah, I do mm-hmm. like that yeah. movie. Like he, once in a while, he 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 did turn out a. Good but movie. I, that was all still. That was all still around that same time of Rush Hour Two, though. Yeah. But yeah, most his most recent stuff is just horrible. X Men, like The Last Stand, was horrible. I mean, yeah, he was the company he dude. They just throw killed they, franchises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, bring back uh, John McTiernan, man. I mean, what happened to him, man? <laughs> I think that's just like you know bad bad luck, right? I mean, I guess for some people, you know, you get you get one miss and then you disappear forever, right? Yeah, you do uh, some j- jail time and. <laughs> You get this, you get this uh, horrible reputation of, of being a, a criminal. <laughs> but he got a raw deal, man. Well, I think yeah, I think he burned a lot of bridges. I uh, uh, I think he was known for being a very uh, I don't know abusive, but you know someone who was, would argue with the producers. So maybe that's had something to do with it. But yeah, he was mm. a great he was a great action filmmaker. Yeah, a, a really great action filmmaker. But. Um, yeah, he would. You know, I mean, the whole idea that <laughs> I don't want to get into John McTiernan. <laughs> I mean, because it was it's it's so that story is so weird. That, that could be a, a movie. <laughs> right, yeah, direct he, that movie. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> he, he doesn't belong. He doesn't belong in director's jail. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I again, I think he all the people he has. I don't know. I don't know what's. I don't know his deal. I don't know what's what's going on with him. Uh, I think he came back a couple years ago. He directed a commercial. You know, so I don't know. Anyway, so that concludes headlines. Let's get into what we watched this past week. Rich, you want to start off what what you saw this past week? What I watch? Oh, Synchronic. Yeah, yeah, I saw uh, Synchronic uh, because I had like uh, five dollars <laughs> on my account, and I uh, went ahead and uh, rented uh, from this Amazon is a, Prime. What, was, and, this uh, is a sci-fi movie, is it? It's a sci-fi movie, um, but it's a more of a drama in the beginning and like it's a it's a, it's a movie about um starring anthony mackie and jamie dornan from you know um your favorite movie uh barbin barbin what's your <laughs> name we're gonna talk about barbin stars soon yeah go but yeah. Go ahead, yeah but uh they play two uh new orleans paramedics and their lives are ripped apart because of something that happens and uh there's a new designer drug uh that hits their um uh their field and uh one of them Decides to take it uh, just to, you know. Well, I'll just I'll just read the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, go ahead. Just read the IMDb uh, plot line. Uh, two New Orleans paramedics' lives are ripped apart after they d- encounter a series of horrific deaths linked to a designer drug with bizarre, otherworldly effects. This movie is slow in the beginning, mm-hmm. and the the direction. In the beginning, it, the it it had a feel like a Blade Runner, like the old type of like a, a dramatic slow burning feel, slow burning feel to it. And after um, one of them decides to take the drug, uh, all of that went away, and it went much more better pacing for me, and, mm-hmm. and, it, and it got into that scientific the sci fi feel to it, mm-hmm. and I ended up liking it a lot. I mean, oh wow, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, by the by the time that that happened, I liked the premise, and uh, um, and uh, I, I like the ending. It's got like the, that sort of like um, uh, what was that movie? Uh, the <laughs> Jim Caviezel talking to his dad and and oh, fre- uh, frequency, frequency kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, 
it's a it's a sci-fi premise sort of like that kind of thing a little bit a little bit ridiculous but i love it you know um high concept stuff yeah Mm -hmm. and who's the uh, the writer directors directors of this moon Uh, guys right yeah justin uh justin uh benson and aaron moorhead yeah they just got picked up for moon Knight. so you really you recommend this rich the synchronic yeah i kind of do because i i you know, good. I wanted if, to see it. If if you like sci-fi, this is it. I mean, this is this is good um, because there's not that much action in it, but it is sci-fi. It's it's uh, it's thought-provoking. It's, yeah, and it's it's uh, when I first started watching it, I go, "What is this? Like a bringing out the dead kind of situation, kind of thing?" Mm. And then I go, "Oh no, no, this is." I go, what was this fatal beauty? <laughs> and I go, no. And, no, no, no. Oh no, this is totally different. And I, I was in. Okay. Yeah, because I, I never really paid attention to the trailer at first, so I just saw it because it had good reviews and 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 uh, it had Anthony Mackie and uh, I just saw Jamie Dornan in my, your favorite movie, <laughs> so so uh, yeah, uh, recommend it. You recommend? It. I, I I recommend it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I really wanted to check that movie out. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably watch it pretty soon. Raymond, uh, what did you see this 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 past week? This past week, yeah, young young rock. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I I didn't I didn't see I didn't see much. I've been catching up on uh, a lot of TV shows, um, but uh, I haven't completed any of them yet. Uh, I'll talk about them and maybe on the next episode because <laughs> I still have a couple more episodes left. But uh, I did watch the pilot uh, for Young Rock. I didn't have to watch a full season. I was able to just watch a, a twenty-minute pilot, and so I had time for that. <laughs> yeah, and, this, um, this just came out uh, this past week. It's an NBC show, right? The sitcom. It's- yeah, it's it's a show about uh, Dwayne Johnson's life, and uh, you have three different actors uh, portraying him in different stages of his life. Yeah, and I remember um, when the promo, or, or when when they first announced this series. I was like, that sounds pretty stupid. I don't know how they're going to make that work as a. I don't know how they're going to make that work as a. You know, as a, um, as a as a sitcom. But I was like, um, I'm not against that idea though. I think it would be a pretty. I would think it would be a pretty cool movie. And then uh, the trailer came out, and um, I I don't know. I was kind of mixed on it. I was like, this is not what I was expecting from this at all. I don't I don't know if it looks good. I don't know if it looks bad. But I'll give it a shot. And um, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know if it, if it's something that could sustain, you know, multiple seasons. But I'm in for the whole, for the first season. I'll watch it till 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 the end. Yeah, yeah. I saw this too, and I, and when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was going to be more like a what's that Chris Rock show that he did? Um, uh, everyone, oh, everyone, um, hates Chris, everybody hates everyone hates Chris. Everyone hates Chris. And it's not that at all. It's more like um, it's it's kind of like that, but with This Is Us. And they go through because <laughs> of multiple flashbacks. Yeah, and the pilot was uh, directed by uh, Nancha, Nancha Khan, who uh, did "Always Be My Maybe." And yeah, she oh. did. She does. She created a fresh out of the boat. Okay, well, that's, that's why Ra- Randall, because Randall, um, Randall Park. Oh, Randall, Randall, yeah, Randall Park is a our, bit, our great actor mm-hmm. from WandaVision. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's he's a part of the the show also, and he plays himself <laughs> as a as a celebrity. Uh, Did you watch it, Mike? Yeah, I, I watched it too. I, I liked it too. And what I liked about the the show was that 
it had Andre the Giant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and all that, these wrestling greats. Yeah, yeah, like the Junkyard Dog and you had, uh, uh, yeah, all these cameos. Well, I mean, obviously, these these are actors playing these roles or these people, these real people. And I did not know that uh, Dwayne Johnson had these connections with these people. I didn't know, like, Andre the Giant was part of his, uh, you know, his private life. Crew, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I, yeah, I They're do. Fa- I, all family friends. Yeah, and so it's it's does feel does feel like fresh out of the boat a little bit uh, that that type of comedy. So if you like, well, that. I think it's always going to feel that way because it is a sitcom, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, a, it's like a, a modern day sitcom, and that's how they feel. That's what they feel like. But despite all that, it still it still feels pretty fresh. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm yeah. I'm definitely going to check the rest of it out uh the you know the season do you think this is just gonna be a one season type thing like it's like i mean dwayne johnson's so busy i'm amazed <laughs> that he was even able to do this oh no i mean yeah i mean he's not that involved i mean he, i mean they could he could shoot all this stuff in like three days or that's whatever. true that's, that's true, true but i mean uh, it doesn't uh, well I, I i was gonna say he was probably very involved in like you know the development of the show but i guess that he was only he only needed to be involved for the first season with the development right that's, well, yeah, we should mention we should mention the the premise is that he's it's it's like five years in the future or where was or I think ten years right t- ten years in the future where he's now Maybe he's more. Running, yeah he's running for the U.S. presidency and he's doing a celebrity sit down interview where he talks about his his private life for the first time yeah and and Randall Park is the 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 interviewee or the interviewer and um. So it goes into flashbacks, and it goes to his childhood, and it goes to his high school years, and then it goes to his years in college. And you know, my my only, I guess my only complaint was like, I wish they would have just stuck on maybe one episode with the kids and as a kid, or one episode that's as what a. I, that's what I was gonna say at first, but I was actually very surprised by by how well they they handled the the switching, I guess, but. I, I can continue what you were saying, brother. No, that's uh, that's all I was gonna say. That I kind of wish that that you know, like maybe have one episode where he's a, a college in college football, and but but no, overall, I, dis- I disagree because the, the, these these three three uh, characters, the actors that they picked were were very good. I mean, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah, true. So so if they if one of them sucked, you know, then they're gonna ruin it. But. But they're all good, and, and they're all kind of, they're all believable. You all you yeah. kind of believe that they're all kind of Dane, uh, Dwayne uh, Johnson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah, I'm impressed by it. I, I was shocked. Uh, I don't know if that, but I don't know if that premise of him doing this interview is going to hold up for the whole entire season. That's that could be, but I mean, yeah. And like I said, anything with Andre the Giant, even like a, a portrayal of Andre the Giant, I I will watch. <laughs> Andre the Giant is like one of the greatest characters of '80s and uh, of my childhood, and if it's in the in the movie, it's in in the series, it's whatever. I'm gonna watch it, man. I I saw the the, the Andre the Giant documentary on HBO. That was uh, great, uh, but uh, yeah, to see him in in this the sitcom, even if it's someone playing him who doesn't really get him quite, but it, I mean, <laughs> that's a hard task. There's certain certain angles. <laughs> It's a it's Certain a hard moments. it's a hard it's a hard role to play. I mean, to, so I give him some credit. Like you, like you guys said, I'm I'm watching this. Yeah, and if they need a, a Captain Lou Albana for season two, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get to our review of Barb and Star, uh, go to Vista 
Damar. Let's let's talk really quick about WandaVision episode seven. It's called Breaking the Fourth Wall. Uh, of course, if you don't know, we're we're watching. We're currently watching this, and we have kept up with the with the series. And it's uh, uh, just like real quick, Rich. What's your thoughts on on this episode of of WandaVision? Uh, it's another continuation, and and, and uh, it's continuing to be entertaining, more entertaining than the first couple episodes. So, uh, but it's still not full MCU to me. So, um, oh, right, right, right. I mean, but, still, um, yeah, still kind of corny, still right. It's still kind of wacky. Like, and hmm? this episode in particular is a, a big slap in the face to all these trolls or whatever, uh, saying, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be." <laughs> Reed Richards and stuff like that. Yeah, oh man, yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna the, big, the big reveal is who's gonna be whatever. Oh, who's her, who's her friend? And it turns out to be nobody, mm-hmm. and, or whoever. We don't really care. And, I think I still think it's probably a scroll. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> and the main villain got um, revealed, and uh, it was obvious. Right, and, right, right, right. And, but though it was a great reveal, though. Come on. And the biggest one of all, we everyone was. It was rumored that it was going to be an hour long episode, and it turned out to be yeah. thirty five. <laughs> so yeah, that was disappointing. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, like I, to me personally, I, I think this the show ha- to this point has found its groove. I think the show is now hitting its stride. I think it's another kind of strong episode, although I do like the last episode much, much, much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that this episode was flowing. The flow, the flow was better, and I, it didn't feel awkward uh, for me. I mean, uh, I, I think the first a couple episodes of this series, it seems like the, the, the producers and the writers were trying to figure out their footing. Uh, and But I think they're off and running now. And, uh, yeah, like Raymond said, I love the reveal at the end. We get to know a little bit more about uh, Catherine Hahn's character. And how she's involved in this, and I think there's they're building some kind of momentum, and uh, I'm oh, I'm expecting something big. <laughs> I'm expecting something big. I'm at hoping the, man. at the end of all of it, maybe a cameo, maybe something that it will lead into what well, to the other Marvel uh, films. Well, Do- but, Doctor Strange, at the very least, is definitely going to have to show up. I, so. I, that's what I'm hoping. And uh, someone, please, <laughs> man. I mean, her her friend who came in or whatever, her uh, and brought what. A fucking RV or whatever, uh, ATV vehicle to, oh, right. to, to break into the the wall. Oh man, it's well. They had <laughs> look. They look to give them. I mean, they had to try something. <laughs> they I had just... to try something. It's not like they were just gonna like, hey, Monica, just run back in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- this whole this whole this whole episode. I mean, it was like. Uh, everyone who, who, who who's in, into this series uh, got turned to clowns also, man. That's all. Okay, well, I don't think so. Let me give my take really quick because okay. I haven't talked about it yet. Uh, I really like this episode a lot. Um, I do have some issues with it. I'll talk about that in a second. But what I loved about this episode, and I'm going to compare it to the MCU and how it did it better than the MCU, is I, I love – Everything they're doing with Monica, I think they're they're making they're giving us a great yeah. origin yeah. story with this character. I'm very excited to see this character in her and the following in her neck in a feature film. And look at Captain Marvel. I'm still not excited for Captain Marvel, and that was in her feature film. I'm excited for Captain Marvel too now for this character. 
they're doing such a great job with with Monica Rambo, man. I'm I'm loving everything they've done done with her. She's such a great character so far, yeah. and I'm I, I liking her more and more with each episode. I, I agree because I this is kind of the real introduction of Monica Rambo, who's played by uh, Tiana Paris. Is that right, Tiana Paris? Yeah. I, that's a, yeah. That was the great, uh, great introduction of uh, kind of a reintroduction of that character. And I also like Kat Dennings in this in this episode as Darcy. She, I thought they well, it's because she has a purpose on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in the Thor movie, she had no purpose. She was just com- comedy relief. In There's the other a movies. reinvention of her character in this uh, series that made her a little bit more actually uh, important into the MCU. Yeah. Well, I I like her too as well in the show. But the funny thing is, I still find her character annoying <laughs> but the thing is but that's just her character you know what i mean that's just her nat that's how that's that's how she is i mean there's people there that, that are like that in real life and it's it's kind of grown on me and i like her here because again she has she has a reason to be on the show there's a point for her and in thor movies she was just really comedy relief that was unnecessary when chris chris hemsworth was already so damn funny you know it's like <laughs> why did that movie need comedy relief <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know. Who, well, maybe they didn't know that Chris Hemsworth were going to be so funny, but or because yeah. or they needed to give uh, um, Natalie Portman a best friend. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I do like uh, like I liked her in this series. I do like uh, Darcy in the series. And um, yeah, me too. At this point, you know, like at this point, the curtain is wide open. I think there's no more mysteries really, uh, or at least well, most know. of the major I, mysteries I, I... are kind of solved during this episode. Yeah. And so it's really, it's really, it's going down. It seems like it's building to this final con- conclusion or this final uh, confrontation between. I, I I think between Wanda and Vision and that makes me excited because because um, initially I thought this was going to be something about their marriage or their their relationship and it seems like a this show is about their conflict but um, mm-hmm. yeah so far I, yeah it's like I said it, the show is flowing better and it's hitting its stride and, uh, and so how many more episodes though is it nine two more huh two two more. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, we definitely get, we should see a goddamn cameo of somebody coming at the end. Mm-hmm. Well, also, uh, you know, um, Paul Bettany has said in uh, interviews that you know there is going to be this big cameo, and uh, it's somebody that he's always wanted to work with. Oh, so you know that always make that that makes me think that it it's got to be like Ian McKellen, right, or maybe Michael Fassbender, because like who else, who else could who else could be like it has to be like someone that you know a prestigious actor right mm-hmm. could be uh ralph macho <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i heard i heard michael douglas yeah oh really oh, oh maybe that would actually kind of make sense mm-hmm. paul rudd did he okay. work with paul rudd <laughs> yes because <laughs> because if it ends up being like benedict cumberbatch i think people are going to be really disappointed because i'm expecting him to show up but I'm not expecting him to be the cameo that Ben uh, that um, that uh, Paul Bettany is talking about. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe it's yeah, maybe it's people from the Ant Man universe, or maybe it's you know, uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's Captain Marvel. <laughs> all right, so uh, but we all kind of were, we all like this episode, right? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, all right, so that was our uh, take on uh, episode seven, breaking the fourth wall, one division. All right, so that was what we were watching this past week. Now let's let's review something that we all watched purposely, <laughs> and that's uh, Barb and Star goes to yeah. <laughs> Mister Tamar. 
Uh, this is a uh, uh, the new co- buddy comedy, I guess you could say. It's from the gals who brought you the bridesmaids. Uh, we talk. I'm talking about uh, Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo, and they're of course they wrote bridesmaids, and they're I guess they've been friends forever. They they I think they came up in the Groundlings together, and uh, here they are starring. They they wrote this thing. Uh, they star in this thing, and it's like a really kind of a slapstick farce about two lifelong, lifelong best friends who decide to leave their small Midwestern town and to embark on this kind of spectacular beach vacation in Florida. And in it, they get involved in this kind of a weird <laughs> mission that kind of like... Uh, Kind of James Bond type of mission, <laughs> yeah. that that uh, goes. I is that accurate? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> how would you explain let, it? How would you? Well, Raymond, how I, would, I how, don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I would explain it. I, uh, <laughs> can I start this off? Well, let me start by saying that uh, the reason this is a premium f- of a movie, right? This is twenty dollars. Yeah. This is twenty dollars. Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> And so the reason we paid why, for this. So the reason why we uh, watched this because, well, at least the reason I wanted to watch it was because I don't read movie reviews really. I I listen to a lot of movie podcasts, and every mm-hmm. movie podcast, every kind of person who who were the hosts were really kind of raving about. Yeah, it. yeah, they were raving about it. They were excited about this movie. They thought this was the funniest movie ever and then I go oh well I gotta check this out and we I you know we kind of agree that yeah this should we should check it out it's gaining really good reviews yeah so I, Raymond you want to start the review you want to see what, yeah let me, yeah let me start this let me start this off and I want to and I want to add why I wanted to see this movie because okay. I actually saw a trailer for this film in the movie yeah. theater Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, before the pandemic started and if I'm not mistaken it wasn't I didn't even see the trailer for this movie in 2020. I think I saw the trailer for this movie in 2019 Um, because I remember specifically seeing the trailer for this movie in one of the smaller theaters in the movie theater. You know, it wasn't in one of the the bigger screens. And I know that if I saw it in one of the smaller screens, I was probably watching a movie that was nominated for the Academy Award. Mm -hmm. And that means that I must have seen it in 2019. But uh, whatever. I remember seeing the trailer for this movie and it was very bizarre. Because it, it kind of reminded me of the type of trailers we you used to see for comedies all the time back in the '90s and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a trailer that just like you heard the two lead characters talking about movie trailers. I think if I remember mm, correctly, right. And uh, you see uh, their hair, shots of their feet, and right. shots of their coffee mugs. And it was it was just weird. I'm like, they never showed the characters. The, like title cards will pop up, like you know, from from the creators of Bridesmaids, and it said uh, the title Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I I love Bridesmaids, and uh, uh, and I hope they pull this off because this looks like a really wacky movie. Mm-hmm. And then I completely forgot about it. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. You know, so much time went by. And then the trailer popped up back for this movie, but it was longer and it had a bit more footage and it had cameos. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I'll, yeah, I'll watch it. I forgot about this. Uh, <laughs> and I, uh, I told you about it. And um, when the movie started off, like during the opening credit sequence and all that, 
uh, I, early on, I was like, okay, I, I think I, I think I know where this movie's going. I think I know what this movie's trying to do. And early on, I was like, this is going to be kind of like those Mike Myers movies from the '90s, like a Wayne's World or a Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that's what the movie was aiming for. I think that's what their their goal was. Unfortunately, I think the like final result, the end result, is it is kind of like an SNL movie. Yeah. But yeah. not like a good S not like a good SNL movie. Yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like a mixture of a of a really, really bad SNL movie and a mediocre SNL movie. To me, it was kind of a mixture of it's Pat <laughs> <laughs> and um a Night of the Roxbury. Yeah, I was thinking of Night on the Roxbury, yeah. Except I think a night at a Roxbury is better than this movie, but I, I don't I don't know. Um, this this was a huge disappointment. Yeah, yeah. me too. A, me too. A huge a huge letdown. <laughs> um, I didn't even think the characters were funny. The lead characters, their shtick got old after like a thirty seconds. Yeah, but the Barb and Star, they're playing like, you know, middle age. Housewives, or actually, they're they're widows, or they're, they're they're single, right? They're single, but um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> Rich, you want us to? I, well, I want to say one. I want to say one okay. compliment before we get into it. Um, in the opening scene of the movie, you get introduced to the villain and stuff, mm-hmm. and when when you get introduced to the mo- to the villain, I was like, who is this actress? Oh, <laughs> I had no idea who it was. I was thinking like, is it like is it like Sarah Sarah Paulson or something? Who is this? And then, and then, um, you know, I looked it up once the movie ended, and what? Was, it was oh. I was Chris, Kristen Wiig. I, I was yeah. pretty pretty blown away by this. I for, you know I forgot you know how how good she was at you know creating characters back you know in the SNL days. It's been so long. Yeah, she but, plays. Yeah, I she, mean, I, I I thought she gave a great performance there. She was plays, was the character funny? No, no, but <laughs> but was the I thought the performance was really good. I'll give her credit for that. Yeah, she plays two roles in there. She plays Barb and this kind of mysterious villain character. Um, Rich, what's your what's your review of this movie? What's what's your thoughts? Well, like you, uh, I saw some of the um, critics going crazy for it, and I, I go, mean, they went Google Gaga for this stuff. Yeah, and I and they were saying that this is like one of the best comedies. And I said, like, yeah. I know people were comparing this to MacGruber and, and Wayne's World. Yeah. And I, and, and I go, okay, because I saw the trailer and I go, ah, oh man, this looks like shit. <laughs> and, 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 and I go, the same trailer I saw? Come on. And, 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 and I go, I, you know, there's way too many people who love it. This is, you know, this can't be another book smart. And, and, and then I watched, and then we were watching it and I'm going, oh no. Oh, it just got worse and worse and worse. But then Jamie Dorman came in, and I, and and I I applaud his effort because he was the best person in this in, in this whole movie. I agree. Uh, he he was doing his best like he, he can, and, and and. But when you have no material, yes. <laughs> and um, you know, going into this, and then I was going, oh man, you know, it's got to be like the next uh, Romeo and Michelle. I wish. Yeah. Because I didn't get Romeo and Michelle either way back when, and then I saw it, and I go, wow, this is a masterpiece. And, and this one, oh, this is another piece, you know. <laughs> and one other thing, um, this is the last chance I'm giving Damon Wayans Jr. <laughs> I mean, this is the last chance. He he could, I mean, he is not a chip off the block. I mean, he is, he, 
that's a, this is the last chance I'm giving him at all. I mean, I I, I think it's his role was he had the worst role in the movie, man. I mean, I I don't know if any actor could have saved that role. Yeah. I, I really don't think anybody could have done it justice. I mean, that was just his that dad was just terrible. Could. His dad could. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't think anybody could. Say, that was yeah. It was a horrible. Was, I, I I hated his character. Yeah, I hated his me character. too. I he should have just it should have just been maybe one scene and then never again. It wasn't it was never funny, but why did he keep coming back? Yeah, I, I did like some of the music choices that they brought to the movie, but that's about it. I mean, uh, I, I will I get, I will compliment one scene because because Richard mentioned Jamie Dornan. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was great, but compared to the rest of the movie, you know, I thought he he had a musical sequence. Yeah, that right. I thought kind of had shade shades of Lonely Island. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was pretty good. It made me laugh. There's a sequence where he's just like climbing a tree that made me laugh. Mm. And um, but but it, it it's just a very brief sequence. In this, yes. Like, a, this movie felt like it was over two hours. How long is it? Uh, I don't know, like an hour and forty minutes, forty five minutes. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, yeah, hour forty seven. Yeah. Well, see, like uh, this is my thoughts. Like, I I have to admit that I did laugh at some parts. You know. But ultimately, I think like a lot of the jokes just simply fell flat. I mean, I, I think a lot of the jokes just didn't land at all. At and least none of them were mm -hmm. with with the two lead characters, right? I mean, I, I I mean, I think this movie really screams cult movie in the making. You know, this is really and what I mean about that that, that I think there's going to be some people out there who are really and, and there are. I mean, people really like this film. I'm just not one that one of those people. Yeah. I mean, it's, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking Hot Rod, right? Mm -hmm. As a movie that okay. I I like Hot Rod. Yeah, so I think this was kind oh, of not Happy Gilmore, uh, Billy Madison. Okay, whatever. But I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, was, I was still thinking of Hot yeah. Rod. This is kind of more in the vein of Hot Rod, where it's just so kind of bizarre that a lot of people love Hot Rod. Right? I, but I don't know. I don't agree with that because Hot Rod is really weird. This movie wasn't that weird. Yeah, that's you know that's true because I the comedy itself, you know, even these bad. Jokes are not harmless in the sense that I don't I don't feel angry at the filmmakers. I don't feel angry at the cast. I just feel more embarrassed for them. Like this feels like a, like a stand up comic who like completely bombs, but you still kind of like the guy, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like next, next time, dude, next time, you know, but just, you know, don't charge me 20 bucks or something. Right. So I, I it's it's harmless. It's a harmless comedy because everyone's kind of just it's just it's just really dumb. Uh, goofy, silly comedy that just didn't work for, for my liking, at least. Yeah, but uh, um, but I but the thing is, like, I'm the target audience for this type of comedy. <laughs> I mean, this is I, I I think you're being too complimentary. Maybe. I think I don't. <sighs> I, I mean, I didn't hate. I didn't. I didn't like. I I wasn't with the pitchforks after the movie. I wasn't either. I don't. I don't. I don't even really necessarily like. I don't think this is like a a one out of ten movie or anything like that. I don't. I. I think yeah, it's, it's probably between, because we we paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's, it's probably somewhere between it's Pat and the Night of the Roxbury, which I don't think neither are particularly good. It's Pat is, I think, widely considered one of the worst movies ever made, but it's somewhere between that and it's a, a Night in the Roxbury. You know what I mean? It's not. It's yeah, not that, like I I agree with you that it does feel like an SNL skit 
but this of course these characters weren't on SNL maybe they maybe these characters was something that they uh that Kristen Wiig and Annie Mullalo created like years ago yeah, and Lauren Michaels was like it's not good enough well I mean <laughs> something that they sketch. created well maybe it's something that they created during the Groundlings because they were both in the Groundlings yeah and they, they decided well we could use those characters in this movie but it, it, it feels like so maybe this was funny when they were young but like yeah they're like the same age as the characters. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. They're they're play, basically playing the same age, and I think it would have been funnier if they weren't midwesterners. They just would just been like you know just some regular kind of girls or women who want to go and you know want to go on vacation. And I think it would have been I don't know I don't know what would have saved this movie, but I look a lot. There's a lot of people that I uh, that I uh, respect that have said. That this is one of the funniest movies ever, or at least in the recent years. And I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I, when I was watching it, I was like, am I in bizarre world? Am I crazy? I'm, am I the crazy one? Cause this is, was just embarrassing. I, you had no idea how, how badly I wanted to love this comedy. Yeah, me too. Man. Me too. Cause it's, cause like early on, like, I'll, I'll spoil the first minute of the movie or whatever, but you, you see like a little Asian kid walk up to a tree mm-hmm. and then the tree, like, uh, opens up like a secret like a a secret door that leads you to an underground lair it's ridiculous and i was like man this seems like my type of comedy but it was just never funny i agree you agree with you that a lot of the jokes like like the little asian kid like you were mentioning it didn't go anywhere I always thought I always thought that that was going to be something because this little asian kid he was basically like supposed to be mini me right Oh, I thought was I was thinking that James Bond villain with the with the with the hat. What's that character's called? Oh yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Oddball. Yeah. Oddball. I thought that was the joke, but it, again, these jokes didn't go anywhere. They kind the of whole just... book club in the beginning was just ridiculously bad, <laughs> man. There was no point to it. No, and it's sad because I like a lot of those actresses. I I was happy to see them, but they didn't they didn't do anything with them. Yeah, like I said, the, the, a lot of the jokes just just didn't land. I, I, I'm shocked that a lot of people, a lot of critics, have really said that this is funny. Maybe it has, to, maybe it's something to do with the pandemic. <laughs> the pandemic have made them really depressed, and they needed something to to laugh at, you know. And maybe this came out the right time. But I really thought like Eurovision that came yeah. out yeah. last time way was better. way better than this. I mean, and mm-hmm. I and I didn't particularly love that movie, but I really liked that movie. And I thought this compared to this movie that uh, Eurovision is a masterpiece, <laughs> you know. And Will Ferrell was hysterical. I just, I just, I, you know, I really wanted to laugh at this. I really wanted to have a good and time. But also, I want to, I want to bring something else up. I want to, um, because I, I think the director of this movie did a horrible job. Hmm? Yeah, I think he did a horrific job to the point that I think this guy actually deserves to never work again. <laughs> Because I actually, I think one of the most important things as a comedy director is you have to, like, help the joke. You have to, you know, you're you're part of the joke teller, you know? You can't leave your actors stranded. And that's what he did the entire movie. I really don't think this guy ever deserves to work in a comedy ever again. Um, this, this guy sucks. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is Josh Greenbaum, who... Uh... He's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go comedy. that far. I, I I wouldn't get go that far. Like I said, I'm not. I eight. would go that far because I think an, I think a talented director, maybe a Jay Roche, or you know, there's a lot of talented female directors in the '90s that would direct a lot of wacky comedies, like the director of Half Baked and CB4. Mm. I think one of those directors could have maybe saved this movie because you do have talented, funny people in it. 
there's no excuse. This director sucks, man. He could have at least a right director could have helped a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I just, I just wish it was. I wish I was laughing. I just couldn't laugh at it. This was really a d- big disappointment. And again, this is twenty dollars you know, available now for twenty dollars. I, I wouldn't recommend renting it uh, for twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a need to run out and 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 purchase this. Although the critics really love it, but you know, maybe. Maybe we're in the minority. <laughs> I Are we going to rate it? Yeah, I'll give this uh, two stars out of five. Yeah, I'll give it two stars. And that's One. because of Jamie Doran. That's yeah. because of uh, yeah. And some of the some of the, I mean, like I said, I think once they once they get to like that love triangle with Wig and Mamalo and Doran, I thought that worked. But that was such a brief thing. Right, it's, right. It's not even that's not even like part of the plot. It's just a gag, really. Uh, yeah, two stars for me. Which what you were saying? Uh, I'm going to give two stars also. One star to Jamie Dornan, a half star to uh, Andy Garcia, and another (laughs) half half star to uh, Morgan Freeman as a blue crab. Was that really him? No. That wasn't him, right? You know, I hated that blue crab. I I thought there was going to at least be a payoff to that. Yeah, there's nope. no there's no payoffs in a lot of these jokes. Uh, and they should have at least just had the crab get stabbed by a, 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 a by a stick or something like some. Hey, look what I found or something like mm-hmm. something. <laughs> well, Raymond, what what's your going to give this? Basically the same as you guys. And the only reason I'm not going like lower is really because I do appreciate this type of comedy. It's just not funny. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to to quit on these type of wacky comedies. I don't want the only comedies that we get are like. Judd Apatow type of like dramedies. I want more wacky stuff. It's just I want it to be funny. <laughs> What's the la- last good comedy you saw? I well, I guess maybe Eurovision, right? <laughs> Euro, yeah, Eurovision was good uh, or better than this, definitely. Uh, what else? is there anything else that you seen recently? You're probably bad. I mean, I'm, I'm drawing blanks right now. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot. That's, I mean, maybe that's why critics have like this movie because there's been a, a drought in comedies or at least feature film comedies but if yeah i, I don't can't think of any in palm big, springs i guess that's not that's the, I guess that's the type of that's what i'm talking about yeah. I, mean, I like palm springs but i want more wackier things i guess yeah eurovision eurovision yeah watch eurovision it's free on netflix if you have netflix's if you're subscribed to netflix or I, Barrett's good, yeah. Barrett's uh, funny too. Um, if you're in, if anyone out there who's wants to see some TV, uh, Mythic Quest, uh, Raven's Banquet is on Apple TV, and season two is coming out pretty soon. Check out season one. Uh, also on Apple TV, Ted Lasso. That's a really kind of uh, cool I comedy. Watched that yet. Uh, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. It's not the. I wouldn't say it's like the best like comedy ever, but it's it's funny. Uh, I'll check it out. But my my favorite uh, s- series of last year was Upload, which is I would say that's a oh, yeah. straight out comedy, right? Sure. That's yeah. and that's on uh, that's available now on, on Amazon Prime. So watch Upload. I think that's a you know these are good alternatives to to Barb and Star. Even Bill and Ted Three. I mean, what, yeah, that's where, true. Where, where is that streaming? It, it, it was better. Bill and Ted Three was better than Barb and Star, but I still don't know if I could tell people you know go watch bill and ted 3 <laughs> that's why i said eve <laughs> all right so that was our review of barb and star they, they where, where they go they go to vista del mar all right so that concludes this episode of inside flakes rich if people want to listen to our past episodes what could they do they can find all our links at insideflix.com 
but uh, if you go to YouTube, uh, don't bother <laughs> because I haven't uploaded, I haven't updated <laughs> that that us in, in YouTube for a long time. I, I don't want them because that's they, fine. They it's fine. The, you they, gave me, they, gave me str- they gave me they gave me copyright strikes. I mean, uh, <laughs> for what? I don't know. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to Insight Flicks. We'll be back next week with a new episode. All right. Bye bye.